and welcome back to Garbage Film. This is the show that seeks to prove that already and trashy movies have a lot in common. You know we gotta enjoy just one or the other, so we will take our movie of the week, pair it with something artier or trashier, and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least, are entertained. <laughs> I am God we hope so. Very punchy. This is a rare evening record where I don't have morning energy. I have evening energy. It's scarier than morning energy. Which fits with what the movie is today. But first I'll say, I'm Nick. I'm one of your hosts. And uh, with me is the other host who you've already heard speak. She is the Turgasso to my Bamin. Erin is here. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? I like the idea of anybody not knowing this movie and listening (laughs) in and being like, that was me. Well, that's enough. These people are having strokes on video. What's a Turgasso? <laughs> oh, are we going to tell you? <laughs> oh, we will. Uh, and scarier is good because this movie that we're talking about today is the last of our uh, August movies that we introduced each other to. We really neglected was... <laughs> to come up with like a like a kicky name for this thing. Literally did it on the fly and didn't think ahead for once in my life. <laughs> And look where it got us. Back in front of a microphone. Yeah. And talking about today's movie, which is The Lost Skeleton of Cadavra from 2001. Oh, Paul, could that be your meteor? There is a radioactive element known as atmosphere. You must find this and bring it to me. Aliens. From outer space. Earth contains that rarest of all radioactive elements. Atmospheria. I hope the owners don't mind their good dishes holding a radioactive meteor. Don't eat the meteor by mistake, whatever you do. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, we'll clean the dishes before we go. A total, like, comfort watch movie. Mm. Just a a little treat. I I discovered this movie in high school. Thanks to, I don't remember which high school friend, but thank you, whomever you are. Um... And it's a, the perfect movie to discover when you're 15. See, this is what confuses me, because I don't think it is. <laughs> well, are you denying my life experience? No. Nick, because it was. We've discussed a lot of your formative teen years All right, on I don't here. think we need to be talking about my formative teen years <laughs> the, anymore. How you're teen and how you're early into skeletons, I suppose. <laughs> See, it's really just the one thing that you love to bring up. No, it's so it's such a like silly, yeah. fun little time, and you don't need to the the parody is so broad. You do mm. not need to actually have seen any of the movies. That's what I was gonna ask because like the thing that I yeah the reason I took to it a lot when you introduced me to it is because it is so so like absolutely concreted into all of the like tropey foundational like b-movie horror 50s stuff your plans nine your houses on haunted hills yes (laughs) your anything by edward this is all (laughs) your teenagers from outer space yes yeah i mean i that's the thing right that's that's why this movie is great is it's it's funny and like silly if you have never seen one of those movies in your life Mm. because it's very obvious what it is like even if you've just seen the movie go by as a joke in the background of another movie like that 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 genre you can still enjoy the movie but once you do have you know literally maybe hundreds at this point of those under our belt uh because they're so disposable and silly (laughs) 
those sci-fi horror 50s black and white B-movies with like a very sus creature mm-hmm. design. Like it's obviously a guy in a suit and you can see the zipper. Yeah. The the parody becomes so much more crystallized. Yeah, it and is... you can appreciate it on that level as well. And know that the filmmakers have watched just as many of those oh fucking movies as you have. Like, I, I love that. There's no other way to have the cadence of the dialogue yeah. without without like not studying. Nobody studied movies. This is just <laughs> no. these movies live in people's brains. You gotta go by feel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're all in English, but they all seem like they've been dubbed over. Yeah. Because sometimes the people involved didn't know how to use sound on their cameras, so they literally just ADR'd it afterwards. Just a lot of, like, we'll cobble together a movie and have no fucking concept of how hard a movie is to make. Yeah. But just, God, do they have the will. They have the will. They got the heart. The heart's there. Yeah. This is, uh, you can probably glean from, it's a very parad... Parodical? Parodical. <laughs> I was also not prepared for this part. Uh, yes? A yeah. parody. A parody. Satirical. Uh. <laughs> no, okay, is it satire or is it parody? It's parody because okay. satire is different. <laughs> oh, thank you so much <laughs> for your help. I always forget the definitions here, but this is this is a clear parody. Parody is like you could point at a, at a specific product and be like, I'm making fun of this. Yeah, whereas satire isn't a specific product. It's satire like, this is idea is funny. Yeah. Of some kind. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Thanks. No problem. Because <laughs> we all know there are not skeletons in reality. Uh, oh, Nick. Uh-oh. <laughs> Oh, sweetie. I have bad news about what's inside of your body right now. Don't. Well, I'm just going to take a big sip of coffee while you tell me. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, talk about this guy and the stuff within it. Like a skeleton. A skeleton inside of a person. <laughs> Perfect metaphor. <laughs> Written and directed by Larry Blamire, which is a great Larry. last name. Yes. I love that last name. Great movie guy name. Yes. Uh, I want to tell you, I think that you are probably like me and don't know much about Blamire outside of his parody movies. Not really, no. He was like a visual artist turned playwright turned producer turned director turned movie writer. Okay. Uh, but he his like most famous credit is he wrote a stage adaptation of Robin Hood that got published by Samuel French Incorporated in the 1980s, which is, like, the huge stage play Publishing. provider. Like, sure, okay. That's where you go to rent plays from. I really feel like when I was working for the theater company, that's... I'm flashing back to, like, photocopied scripts, and yeah. that's where, yeah. That's... So, like, it was the Robin Hood play. Like, Oh, period. shit. All right. Uh, the comedy version. Is that a big deal? Movie. Like, is that a... That, mu- that must be, like, the definitive version of, like, a... a that's pretty good. Pretty much, yeah. Like, it's okay. it's still performed now. Like, oh, you can go well and done. see it any night in the UK, which is really <laughs> uh, weird. That's what I've okay. been led to believe. But, like, enough so that, like, he says, yeah, that's the only gig I had for decades. Yeah, and, like, just that, living off those residuals, baby. That was enough to live on comfortably. Amazing. Which is, like, okay. Which, like, that's how <laughs> it should work. Yeah. I don't know about you, but, yes. So I just wanted to drop that in because the thing that I love more than anything in this movie is the dialogue and he really comes by that honestly he's a dialogue writer yeah that's one way of putting it yeah this is one of those things where you have to have mastery of the skill before you can pretend to be bad at it in a convincing way yeah in a way that's funny i feel like there's a lot of other parodies of this style yeah that that are the, just flat and convincing. yeah yeah or like every other joke works or something like that because at best because it's like okay i see what you're doing but you don't have the tools to really do it super masterfully yeah yeah, yeah. agree 
So appearing in here, we got the Larry Blamire himself, which uh, he said that his character is nothing more than a straight man, so he literally could not picture another person doing it, and every person that they auditioned, he was like, no, it doesn't work. You're too funny. You have a personality. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's a wet piece of toast, this character, yeah. Uh, So he just did it, because he's like, okay, I guess I'll, I can't act, so I'll do it. (laughs) Well, I mean, isn't that, like, how most of these movies cast their guys? Yes. You're around. <laughs> hey, Steve, who runs the electrical rig. Anyway. And part of the reason he did that, too, was because the role of, like, the male alien yeah. that goes to... Alien. Andrew- <laughs> yes, that's right. Okay. <laughs> that goes to Andrew Parks. Uh, and here was originally supposed to be Sam Robards, uh, who is, like, a le- big, legit guy. Okay. Uh, and he pulled out last minute, and he had to, Boop. like, scramble to find somebody to replace him. He's like, <laughs> okay, I'll just I'll just do the main guy. I don't care. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> He's one of the... So wait, sorry. The the male alien... Was going to be Sam Robards, who pulled out, and then it was Andrew Parks instead. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. No problem. Uh, you got Faye Masterson. You got Susan McConnell. You got Jennifer Blair as Enamala. And you got Brian <laughs> Howe, who... It took a really long time to lock into place for me. He's in Catch Me If You Can as one of the Dole's yes. FBI agents. Yeah, one yeah. of the guys that... Uh... He tells to go fuck himself. Yep. The joke. Yep. Okay. Great. They get popsicles at a certain point. <laughs> yes. They, it, <laughs> like it cuts almost immediately from go fuck yourself to them eating ice cream, <laughs> which I love. So go back and listen to our Catch Me If You Can episode. Ooh, yeah. plug. <laughs> and I'm going to say a special attention drawing to the music. The music in this movie is by Valentino Productions Limited. <laughs> Now, I know we're all big fans of Valentino Productions Limited on the podcast. I'm sure you are, too, unless you're living under a rock. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, it's uh, I'm, it's good that you ask for the <laughs> listeners. So that they, yeah, so that they know. Yeah. Uh, this is a, it's a production company. That's not a name, Aaron. <laughs> what? Uh, founded in 1932, and be, they became a music library in 1950. Uh, oh. And they just rented out music to whoever needed it, and sound effects and stuff, so they're just a sound library. They have over 3,000 audio tracks to choose from and are one of, if not the only, production studio to have won a Grammy. They won a Grammy for their work on Saturday Night Fever. Okie dokie. For their work? Yeah, that's what I'm confused about. All right, okay. Yep, can't, can't. Picture that, but all right. But this is Valentina Productions Limited. You were one of the reasons that this works so well for me because yeah. literally Valentino Productions Limited is like who does the soundtrack to the original The Blob and like So you're <laughs> actually doing the same like soundscapes yeah. as these fucking movies that it's parodying. Yeah, like okay. Blamire's listening to them and being like, Oh, I know that one from a movie, I'm gonna use that. <laughs> Nerd! But also, that's that's great. Like you said, just like rock solid grounded in these actual movies. Yeah, my god. So, what happens here then? What all goes on? What goes on here? <laughs> uh, scientist Dr. Paul Armstrong and his wife Betty are driving into the mountains in search of a meteorite that has fallen into the nearby woods, suspected of containing the rare element atmospherium. James Cameron. Still a less stupid name. <laughs> Then I forget what it is. My brain just slides right. I'm always like, what's the stupidest name I could think of? And then it's always stupider than whatever I come up with. I, I, yeah. I will say it is one step less stupid than what I come up with, which is just like dirt though. <laughs> Not. Dirt-onium. 
All right, fair. Yours is pretty stupid. Yeah, thank you. Anyway. That's all I knew. I love that all you learn about these characters is that one of them is a scientist and the other one is the scientist's wife and they're looking for a meteor. You never learn a single other thing about these characters. Specifically about Paul Armstrong. Their their strange relationship because of Paul Armstrong's work. Yeah. (laughs) Picking up on all that. Betty's difficulty in adjusting to her husband's work style do you think they're like newly married i get that feeling yeah like they're, okay. they're in their first year they're not like right just after the honeymoon they're like just rounding the corner on a year oh i like i like to picture this as like betty this is supposed to be their honeymoon and paul was like oh while we're here why don't i do some science and betty's just seething like <laughs> the whole movie is just gonna be when is she gonna murder him i like to i like to picture it that way I don't all know right why. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to murder. <laughs> well, that's fine. Isolate that. <laughs> Do not play this at my trial. Uh, another scientist in the area is Dr. Roger Fleming. R- Roger, not Roger. <laughs> <laughs> you also said area, so I don't know. <laughs> Evening records are no good here. So weird. Uh, in the area. Yeah, Dr. Roger Fleming's there. He's talking to Park Ranger Brad about Cadaver Cave. Ranger Brad. <laughs> He just rattles off a list of like, so you go around Dead Man's Curve yep. and you'll you'll come across Haunted Walk and take that left and go about twenty feet up the hill and then you'll see Cadaver Cave. It's like, oh, okay. That's also uh, he gets the same kind of deal as um, the Armstrongs run into the f- like Farmer Brown or something. Who gets yes, some the mysterious farmer. You know, yeah, he skipped over him, but he's for those in the know. He has very strong Torgo energy. And yes. anyone who knows Torgo will know what that means. You'll know. That's a yes. mystery for everybody else. <laughs> He's like the uh, the menacing gas station guy from Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. You know, where yeah, you're yeah. like, don't go any further if you know what's good for you. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then he turned into a squid. Yes. Am I remembering that movie right? The new ink. Perfect. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you ink. Me incorporated? What? <laughs> <laughs> that evening, both... The Armstrongs and Dr. Fleming observe another falling meteor. Ooh. A short time later, a farmer encountered by the Armstrongs in the cabinet is mutilated by a mysterious beast. That's that farmer I was talking about before. Yes. Uh, and a second, uh, that second meteorite turns out it's just a friggin' spaceship carrying some aliens <laughs> named Crowbar and Lattice from the planet Marva, who are now stranded on Earth. We have quite an ensemble yeah. immediately. It piles on so fast. Yes, it as does. As I was going back through, I was like, oh, I thought I remembered it being like, you're hanging with the Armstrongs for a while. No, no, it's just... Eight characters instantly, and they all seem like they're going to be the main character. Yeah. Even Ranger Brad. Mm-hmm. Poor Ranger Brad. This does such a great job, too, of like really taking you out of the narrative flow the way that the ah. older movies do of like, wait, I thought the meteorite already landed. No, we're watching it now. But like, you're... You know, it bounces between each character, kind of seeing it or experiencing it or yeah. whatever. And you're like, so when is this? Like relative, like no and sense what's the of geography. Being... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How far away are these people? From... Am I supposed to like be making a link or yeah? Like, forget about three dimensions. We're struggling with two. Yeah, <laughs> I need a baseline here. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, yeah, so they also want Atmospherium to get their ship going, and the mutant has escaped, so ah. I wonder what mutilated that one farmer, who can say? But to your point of, like, pinpointing the exact thing in the other movies, like, all the dialogue, like, the aliens is what makes me think of it the most, where it's that, like, 
just repeating the proper nouns so much because you know your audience doesn't know it yeah. and you don't have the confidence <laughs> to write it Our properly. planet, Marva. <laughs> like, they can pronounce parentheses. I don't know how they're doing it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Andrew Parks is fantastic at parenthetical He's, speaking. Yeah. <laughs> they're very, very funny. They, they might be, like, some of my favorites. Yes. Delivery-wise. Big time. Yeah, they're back and forth over, like, well, here on Earth, not yeah. as opposed to our planet, Marva. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and I also just want to shout out some of my favorite lines for like do it establishing Let's the tone them. right off. Armstrong and Betty are walking along, and they're like, "This is really nice scenery." If you like scenery, yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about? This is such a those those movies were, are from the fifties, and just this like aggressively negging their wives. Like every character with a girlfriend or a wife says something toe-curlingly sexist at some point. But with such an aw shucks attitude? Yes, just like folksy sexism. <laughs> and I feel like this is a real like, sure Betty you fucking idiot. Like it's really in the tone of that. I appreciate it. Uh, speaking of that too, like shortly after that there's sometimes it's tough being the wife of a scientist but sometimes it's good. good. <laughs> really good. <laughs> This is, do you see why I think she might be planning on murdering him? Just every line. Ranger Brad's, I hope someone needs a park ranger soon is great because just like drawing up the, like the blocking is so awkward and the pacing of the scene is so awkward that like somebody missed their cue, you know, and like they're not hitting their mark properly. And he probably just vamped that line because it's not working right. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that very specific looking shot setup where yeah. it's just the person directly center but cut off from the knees up like you only ever see you know and there's a blank space where you know someone will be standing shortly yes. <laughs> here's where i'll mention that i assume there's lots of improv in this movie and stuff but blamar is a very madman guy where he's like no every single word is exactly as it's written every oh. single move is rehearsed every like Everything is a fierce choice. I feel like it would have to be, right? Yeah. Because otherwise you do get that parody energy of just like, I'm just watching people be silly instead yeah. of I'm watching like a recreation of what these things are. That's what it is. Because when I say parody, I always first think of like your airplanes, your top secrets, that sure. type of thing, which is like, that's people just being silly. Yeah, that just relies on like yeah. Leslie Nielsen is funny to watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is, these people are funny to watch, but I think it is, it has to be such a perfect recreation of the weird oddities yeah. of, of those movies. And that's how you can tell it's like, it's something made with love, as opposed to some parodies yeah. you're like, wow, they fucking hate this thing. <laughs> oh, <fun> okay. <laughs> Yikes. Should I be watching this? Yes. Uh, as a scientist, I wish I could appreciate more things like cabins or bicycles. <laughs> and so on in this fashion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the, yeah, the expository dialogue is so precise. Uh, there's too many joining clauses. Like, there's too many, like, and also, and also, and yeah. also, and also. Everybody says anyway at some point very awkwardly placed. There's always a well happening. I love it. All Just all springing from this well of not being able to write good dialogue. Yeah. Like, the 50s movies just having all they have going for them is that they have to get across what's happening in the plot because <laughs> they're not able to put it on film so you have to narrate what's going on you got two takes at most because you can't afford more film and you have yes. to be off the set today because it's not your set and you're trespassing yeah. <laughs> the cops are going to come <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
But the next day, Roger Fleming finds Cadaver Cave and locates the lost skeleton. One of, of course, my favorite characters. <laughs> yes, obviously it's the skeleton first, and then Animala, and then everybody else. <laughs> Very much. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's the only person who I feel like talks not like a B-movie guy. Like his dialogue is almost, it's not, it's just so terse and short <laughs> and mean. It's very mean. It's, <laughs> I feel like this is the one guy who gets leeway to just be funny. Yes, yeah. that's what it is. Otherwise yeah. this would be very, he's, he's a mean skeleton <laughs> and otherwise it would be very like, obviously there's some like imperiousness, but it's not self-serious the way that the the same yeah. villain would be in a 50s movie yeah because he's not doing he gets a couple maniacal laughs sure sure laughs uh, but he's much more just say a single sentence and that's him for the scene <laughs> i hate you i sleep now <laughs> he's okay. yeah pure text there is yeah. no <laughs> he's a direct guy <laughs> or she i guess you know, it's not clear. he calls himself he i think oh he does okay yeah. there you go uh but he needs atmosphere to come alive too so everyone needs atmospherium classic yes uh but armstrong's they they found it <laughs> they got it they started first um and so everyone converges on the armstrong's cabin as yes. this is like i've one thing that the b movies are always very good at is overly structured where it's like here's the first act you like we have to hit these benchmarks and like it might be 20 minutes it might be 15 minutes you're yeah. like okay the first act is done we are learning nothing new about these characters <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's what i mean it is it is like you'd think it's almost bottle episode where everyone is trying to, everyone does mm. converge on this cabin and is trying to get the meteorite they brought home. Yeah. So everyone has to stay the night. It's like a funny, <laughs> like, setup. But you'd think part of the movie would about would be about them, re- like, reacting to stress or anything. Yeah, no, absolutely no. not. You're never going to learn a single other thing. About the second act is everyone's in the cabin now. Yeah, cabin act. <laughs> Which the aliens track the atmospherium there and turn themselves into Earth people. Yeah. And introduce themselves as Turgasso and Bamin. <laughs> I love this concept of like, we have a vague understanding of English. These syllables feel like they go together. I Some of my favorite. What's that Nintendo game baseball character name oh, generation? Is it Nintendo? McDykel or Sleeve McDykel, yeah. It's like, oh, it's so close, but... Like a letter off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it's like that. Very much. I remember yeah. the first time watching this with you, and, like, for the first ten minutes... You know what it is? The first ten minutes or so, I was like, I think I get what this movie is. And then there's a <laughs> bit where the Armstrongs react to stock footage of squirrels being like, ah, yes. nature. And I was like, I understand 100% of this movie. And my first, like, big belly laugh was... I am Tergasso. <laughs> Just the confidence of busting out Tergasso is... <laughs> it's quite a... These these two are extremely funny, and I think yep. they were both in, like, some of the, you know, follow-up parody yeah. movies. And yeah, and... like, not everybody in this goes on to be a, a Blamire player, but yes. uh, these two definitely do, if yeah. I remember right. Yeah. God love them. I do. I do love them. Um, You're God? <laughs> oh. Heavens. <laughs> oh, I mean, me. my house. <laughs> back at the armstrong's house yes wood's house uh they're there with the aliens and they're getting to know each other they mistake them for the owners of the cabin they're they're renting the cabin they're like oh you're you're back early and the aliens just yes we are back early (laughs) but it becomes very comedy of errors like (laughs) 
won't you take a seat? And like, okay, bend. And just bending in the waist. Bend in the middle. (laughs) And they also have the... How how does the transmutatron thing come in? Yeah. They transmute themselves into humans. Oh, that's what it is, yes. And they leave it lying on the ground. And then, lo and behold, Roger (laughs) Fleming finds it and is like, obviously I need a date if I'm going to crash this cabin. Normal thought process. So he uses it to create animella from four animals. Four different different forest animals. Do we find out what they are at any point? No, we just go back to the stock footage, right? So some squirrels. But she's a cat. Yes. <laughs> it's basically cat. Yeah. Oh, so funny. Yeah, that's Jennifer Blair is very funny doing that. She was originally going to be Betty and Oh yeah. Then but she like read the script. She's like, no, I'm gonna be Annabella. <laughs> um, excuse me, this am, part rules. This is my personality. And Larry Blaymeyer was like, Oh yeah, that's right, that is your oh, personality. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> so funny. Uh-huh. And so, yes, so Roger Fleming has to teach her in, I guess, half an hour? Again, <laughs> it's it so like... not clear what the time situation is. Like, did this take place over seven hours or, like, ten minutes? Or just that yeah. perfect, like, they're sometimes cutting back and forth between scenes that were obviously shot later in the <laughs> evening versus, like, midday. And also great stuff. the great 50s sci-fi thing of, oh, we're skipping, like... Th- concepts like human speech are just right there it's just oh we need to oh, totally exactly we need to yeah. explain no dear you you drink with your hands not by lapping up water yeah she knows english <laughs> always Obviously. agree yeah <laughs> i love that you don't even see him like say always agree to her like but she says just that phrase in the cabin and so it's clear times. that he has instructed her if someone asks you something you always, always agree, agree. <laughs> That's a it's a really good joke. writing bit, yeah. <laughs> and I definitely like as a teenager, always agree was the the takeaway. For I sure. feel like that this is one of those things of like I love when you introduced this to me because it was like oh I've heard you say that so yeah. many times. <laughs> this was like me watching all of the Simpsons for the first time, where I was oh, like yeah. oh this is what you're about. Okay, <laughs> yes. Uh, always so, agree. So many like it just becomes a silly dinner party. It's Comedy it's just now it's is when it's funny people doing funny shit. Yes, yeah. but you've had like a solid forty minutes of like really grounding this into intensely yeah. boring, but like <laughs> on purpose. Yeah. Ah, uh, man, there's just like I picturing them snarfing that spaghetti. Yeah, is great. <laughs> Only what half of them in the cabin are people? Yeah, <laughs> are human beings? Yeah, right down the middle. Yeah, right down the middle. So there, the aliens are watching the forest creature eat dinner and decide that's how humans do it. <laughs> snarf, snarf, snarf. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite bits in here. We have the Armstrongs leave the room for a reason. I can't remember. The aliens and Fleming and Animella like come to an alliance, and it's just right. It's a scene that should be like forty-five seconds, but because of the beam, of the like specific energy that these old movies had of. You have to make sure that it's like it's a drive-in audience. No one will. Everyone's listening to like every like sixth line. That must be what it is, right? It's almost it, the way that Netflix algorithm movies get made now because they know You're people your are phone. on your phone yeah. at the same time. Yeah, say it seven times just in case. Yeah. Ah, so we'd be working together like some kind <laughs> of partnership. You could almost say it's an allegiance, <laughs> not enemies. Working together, together. 
for a common goal so that we both get something we want. Just that for five solid minutes. And like smiling and nodding, like conspiratorially. Like they're realizing something every like eight seconds. It circles around to being very funny again, you know what I mean? Yeah. Classic bit. I just, I love the idea that... This is like House on Haunted Hill rules. This you if to get the atmosphere in, you gotta go to the dinner party. <laughs> Just shoot Just, everyone. You yeah. have a gun. You have an enamala. Make yeah. them all them. <laughs> Why didn't you transmogrify a bear? Uh, or just use a it doesn't matter. It's yeah. fine. But this is why those movies are so great, because they have to justify their running time. Yes. That's what it is. Padding. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, padding. We love padding. Uh, and Ranger Brad shows up, tells us about the horrible mutilations that have been happening. Um, <laughs> and then, enjoy your night. I sure hope I don't get horribly mutilated on my walk. <laughs> uh, but the lost skeleton wants his atmosphere, so he psychically controls Betty. Dun, dun, dun. To, to get it. But they... <laughs> Which, why? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And this is, again, the reality breaking of our old B-movies that the scriptwriters wouldn't think 20 seconds ahead. No. Roger Fleming is screaming at the ceiling, no, skeleton, no, and nobody else hears him for some reason. <laughs> it's it's great. I love it. It's very good. Yeah. It's a very clear, like you said, just so... These, these things come out of templates that are, they, they do not have the skills to manipulate at all. Mm. So it's just, ah, it's time for the lead woman to be in danger. Yes. Or like to, yeah. We have to oh, manufacture to danger. Doom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but that makes me think of like how often these movies would just be reusing sets or you start recognizing oh, yeah. costumes from other <laughs> movies and stuff. And yeah. I love Annamella's costume of, it's just a black... It's sweater? just a bodysuit. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. And gloves. <laughs> it's like she was on her way to a dance recital. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. And gloves. <laughs> yes, obviously. Just little middies. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be outside. It's cold. So, uh, now that we have our allegiance, Animella steps in to tease away the atmospherium. Distract Roger so yeah. that he'll bring the... the distract Paul. Roger is the... Sorry, that's yeah, right, yes. Getting our white bearded guys I mixed mean, up. Oh, no, he doesn't now. have a beard. That's <laughs> the difference. You know, he's, <laughs> he's evil because so he's so bland that I just completely forget, yes. <laughs> we got the wonderful dancing of Jennifer Blair and <laughs> Larry Flamire. So fucking funny. Uh, this is like, you know, I watched it when I was eight, uh, 16, 15 yeah. in, in high school. However, years later, I that's what I remember is just how fucking silly that whole dancing scene is because the music that they choose to go with it is just like indescribable. Yeah. I, I don't know what to call it. I, I it's truly... just drums, right? But there's also like a little toodly flute. Oh, yeah, right. and like, I don't, it's supposed to be like, is it the music of the forest? Where's it coming from? The thing that always sticks with me is the harsh cuts away mid phrase and then back yes. to the yeah. music. It's great. it's just so funny. And he's just he picks up the meteor and is just bobbing along. Bopping along. along. Yeah. Yep. Aaron is currently bopping. I'm bopping. For the Again, home, not but... an audio yep. format, but But this is very much dancing after my style, which is This is white man dancing. Yep. 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 Big white man dancing. Just hit the beats and uh you can't go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Don't watch him do it. Just prove my theory. Uh 
Oh, yeah, so Betty wanders out after Armstrong, and here's where we see the mutant for the first time. Dun, dun, dun. And boy, is it a costume. It is so funny. <laughs> it is... I I mean, it's clearly built to be like, look how stupid this looks. But I've seen dumber costumes oh, yeah. in real movies. Like the crawling terror comes to mind, yes. which is just a big carpet, basically. But, what is it? Horror at Party Beach? What oh, is that one called? Hot Dog Face? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Horrors of Party Beach, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah. just this this is the real like mad science of making shitty movies is what kind of fucking costume can you come up with your for your creature feature? And you have to oh. do it in such a way that it doesn't expose the director's weird perversion that he yeah. has. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> every once in a while you're like, this guy Ooh, was clearly too into this. Yeah. <laughs> Ega is like that. Oh yeah. Where it's yeah. like, oh, this is clearly just for you later like <laughs> these shots are lingering too yeah. much it's not no oh my god like once you learn about tarantino and feet and you just start seeing it every like that's oh, crawling terror that's, yep. okay yep yeah. <laughs> that's right uh, uh but a classic movie monster thing the monster doesn't want to hurt betty falls in love with her and wanders yeah. off with why its... are aliens always so into like earth women suburban white women yeah 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 very really specifically yeah what's up with Dunno. that yeah if I wanted right. to go like full conspiracy theory, I would do like, oh, this is the like, this is the people doing like, oh, they're, someone's trying to steal your woman and you have to like go harder on gender norms, tamp down feminism. Oh, like that's what I feel like yeah. is getting. Oh no, the literal alien coming to yeah. steal your women. <laughs> Fuck. But it's always presented so charmingly, yeah. like pityingly, but you know, like yes. he's just a brute, but he feels something. There's a beating heart. Yeah, you know? that might literally be in the script. Yeah. <laughs> I might be quoting verbatim, but yeah, it's it's just every single fucking movie. We learned too late that he was a feeling creature. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like very clear delineations. Act two's done. Everybody's outside. Yes. Yeah, actually, it's just by location. Yeah. Traveling, yeah. cabin outside yep yep oh <laughs> uh, he skipped over of course ranger brad has died we got a pov kill oh obviously from yep. the mutant and that's how the mutant gets introduced to betty we get that pov shot mm-hmm. uh but animella gets the atmospherium from dr armstrong and dr fleming betrays Turgasso and bamon <laughs> no <laughs> and uh yeah our humans and aliens are thrown together as unlikely allies and we get another scene of like we're really not so different which is again another one of my favorite tropes in all these of like what way are they gonna say it this time yeah (laughs) and it circled around to being funny yeah Yeah. do you use grapes for your wine grapes are too sacred on our planet to be stepped on even though that was not part of the conversation (laughs) i do i have to shout out what's his name andrew parks yeah his delivery they're trying to make small talk in the cabin mm. and betty is like oh you know shopping um oh you yes. know Turgasso, do you like shopping and you know do you go to the stores and andrew park's delivery <laughs> they're silent of, for like five yeah, seconds yeah like trying to process like oh no what's a store why do you go there is it far away what do you do there and he just goes my wife does not like to talk about a store the end of the scene. <laughs> yeah. It is mwah, delivery. So and they're like, oh, you mean her cloth funnel. Yes, I also <laughs> like your cloth funnel, Betty. Isn't it nice to talk about cloth funnel? Cloth tube, yeah. <laughs> it is uh, great stuff. Yeah. I, it's that very good satire parody writing where 
they obviously had a lot of fun just sitting yeah. down and really looking at like if you just say this sentence in english to someone with this like you know common idiom how the fuck would you interpret that if you're here if you know how those words are normally used but like you know you can yeah. speak english but you've never spoken to anyone before see it's very good writing what you're describing is my dream job i want to be that <laughs> that's what i want to do it just sounds like stand-up comedy right we're like have you ever really thought about cars i don't i'm not a but i don't want to have funny. to deal with the audience feedback in the moment so i want to do it where only the inhuman camera is judging me. Oh, boy. Yes. Okay, well, that's your personal little fetish thing, and I think we'll have to examine that off camera. No. Don't say camera. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to. Don't like it. We're going to anyway. have it out now. No. Uh, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. So we've Skeleton. Lost and found. Uh, they bonded over their meal. That's right. Oh. So the skeleton comes back to life, and we get... My favorite music cue as the skeleton's walking. We get one of your favorite scenes, which is, what, what is the line? Climb down these rocks like I do. And then somebody just like whapping a, an anatomy skeleton on a rock. It's just a skeleton on very visible wires. And they've obviously just kind of tossed it gently over the side and are manipulating the arms. So it just looks like the skeleton is doing a dance, but constantly getting caught, caught on the on rocks. <laughs> It is just fucking amazing. Again, the editing on it, I love it. Yes. It's, it's perfect. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I will say for all of those scenes of them walking through the forest, like the skeleton, you know, mm. ostensibly leading Roger and Anima, both of them are so clearly trying not to burst out laughing. Oh, yeah. It is very funny. And obviously one of them is just holding the skeleton and walking it in front of them. Really, yeah, clearly. It's very cute. <laughs> but... Eventually, the skeleton gets a throne, and it stays seated. <laughs> Except for when it... <laughs> yes. Uh, and he is going to force... I forget her alien name, but Turgasso to marry him. Yes. Uh, his alien wife. Lattice? Lattice, that's the one. Yeah. Yes. Which I thought was Lattice the first time. Uh, yep, fair. Uh, yep, they're going to get married. They're going to have a big... For reasons? Yeah, but this is another one of those movie things. No, it like... is. It is. And then I will make her my bride! Yeah. Like, boop. Why? How does that benefit and you? And it's like, the stakes are through the roof. Yeah. This is, they can't take our women. <laughs> There's a dark undercurrent I'm not comfortable oh, with right time. now. Oh, big time. I'm very aware of it. Because oh, every time boy. it pops up, I'm like, this is supposed to be talking, like speaking directly to me. And I hate what it's trying to do. <laughs> and Shut I up, movie. do not appreciate it. <laughs> um, Goodbye. But we, uh, we weaponize love. And Betty gets the mutant right. on their side. And, uh... He trashes the skeleton. She tricks him. Yeah. Just straight up fully tricks him. Yeah. It's rude. Oh, and I wish I wrote down, like, the mutant fights the skeleton, wangs him over a cliff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just, again, throws a plastic anatomy <laughs> skeleton over a cliff. So if you ever wanted to see that, this is the movie. Boy, howdy. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the, and I love the, like, crumpled skeleton and the skull is loose on the ground, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and for some reason that killed the mutant and he dies. Sure. And there is a really great, I wish I had written it down, but there's a really great, like, I think that he, he had feelings like us or something. Maybe happens. we are not so different. This mutant and us. Yeah, we tampered in God's domain. Yeah. That type of thing. And then she just goes, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> wanders away from its stinking corpse. Uh, Thanks, Betty. The aliens Betty. blast off and we're left... 
to dream. <laughs> the end the question, end question mark. mark. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think was the first movie to ever do that? Do you think people just oh, fucking lost their shit at the end? Dot, well, dot, it would have been one mark? of these movies. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah 100%. Which I skipped over the top. This was, of course, filmed in Skeletorama, which was another one of those. <laughs> oh, you don't these, have to tell me. <laughs> all these, like... What do you call those? Like market schemes? Marketing I guess just schemes? like marketing stuff, right? Just the, um, oh, who was the guy who would do like, who would set up theaters so that like mm. ghosts, which was just a bed sheet on a, on a, like a wire yeah. would race across the theater and like, ah, oh, spook people. Like he did all the, I feel like the Vincent Price movies were yes, like his absolutely. stable. I can't remember exactly, but the, you're right. It was just all this shit that like, Oh, the movie is so scary that you'll die. Yeah. Like, we will send you a coffin. Free coffin with every ticket. <laughs> so the guy is William Castle. Yes, right, right. And he filmed, like, The Tingler in Percepto, where, like, a chairs would shake. The when Tingler, yes. And House on Haunted Hill, he did Emerjo, and that's where a skeleton with, like, red light-up eyes would, like, mm. pop out during the theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This bullshit. That's what Skeletorama is. <laughs> Skeletorama. Yeah, theaters were huge on gimmicks for a while. Yeah. What a great time to be alive. Gotta bring that back. I feel like there's yes. been hints of it. The, like, it kind of yeah. fell out of style a little bit. I mean, it, the movie culture is, like, so about not... About, like, spoilers. Spoilers is, like, a fucking religion now where yeah. you simply... If, if you know a single thing about the movie... It's not worth seeing. Well, or there's something things like, like Psycho, where, where Hitchcock this was like, you of, may yeah. not enter the theater if you're more than you are not minutes permitted. Later, yeah, like yeah. And then they would ask you not to tell everybody what happened as you left the theater. But yeah. that's like that's the that's an actual like that's how you experience the movie. Like it's supposed to be more shocking when Janet Lee dies. You know, halfway in. <gasps> so Spoilers. sorry, so sorry. I'll kill you. And to the, to your point there though, when we watched Psycho the first time, you introduced me to that movie, and I didn't know that that uh, happened. You and have no idea how satisfying that was to yeah. watch. Ugh. We'll 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 do a Psycho episode eventually, and you can <laughs> you can relive. <laughs> all those exciting mm-hmm. moments yes <laughs> i wish that for everyone that was oh, beautiful some of my um, favorite movie memories are the two times i've seen psycho <laughs> <laughs> the twice yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i mean all to say it just it just like i don't know it just enhances the the experience of seeing the movie with everybody else and mm. like just getting something else out of it beyond just, oh, I found out what the plot was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, half of it is because there's not much plot to begin with with <laughs> yeah. these movies, but... Gotta do something yeah. to juice it up a little bit. I feel like, I don't know if this was, like, the last gasp of this sort of thing, but oh. there, there did, were all theaters Egypt-themed for a while. There was a bit Do you remember like, this? I, I do vaguely remember this, yes. Okay, yeah. all right. There's, like, a th- I think it's still happening. It's still, like, kitted out this way in Calgary where it's like fully like there are pillars with like yeah. scarabs huge fucking <laughs> okay. scarabs on them out front and then you you'd go in and on Friday nights there used to be like there's a giant sphinx yeah. and on Friday nights its eyes used to light up and do a laser show <laughs> I'm just saying movies were a lot of fun to attend if you knew you were going to see the sphinx laser show okay, I think we should go back to that theaters were fancier than mine Mine. this is a brand new theater in uh, like 1998 right this was a lot was it opening for the mummy oh fuck me it better have been <laughs> oh if that wasn't the first movie that played when it opened what a waste <laughs> 
99. I'll have to look this up. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Skeletorama. Skeletorama. Yes. Yes. It's a good time. Just a cute gimmick. <laughs> uh, so I got some Blameyer quotes here for you because oh, please, I just like yeah. getting in the head of this yeah. twisted individual. <laughs> so twisted. <laughs> What's Larry like? The couple of things about this movie that are not surprising are, you know, it's just him holding a video camera. Like, they bought a video camera. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sure. Yeah. <laughs> very clearly. Uh-huh. Quote, when I was writing The Last Skeleton of Cadaver, I wasn't thinking about anything, really. Basically, <laughs> I was thinking, hey, with this new digital video, I could make a movie. <laughs> and so he hey. wrote the thing that he knew about, which is why this is this sure. little love letter, which is very cute. Yeah. Uh, but on how it's like, it is clearly a loving thing and not... Uh, yes yeah. that was his aim he okay. wanted to make a like specifically he was like my goal was make it a comedy of manners and that's the second act and he's like then he built the rest around it sure um but he quote cynical is fine there's a place for that but i think it's nice to have a non-cynical option in comedy Ah, which is just he yeah. looks like he's got strong dad energy and that's a very dad quote yes i agree with that yeah nice just having fun with his friends <laughs> Um, maybe gimmicks don't work anymore because everyone is so like irony poisoned and it's not cool to be yeah. seen enjoying things could be yeah hard pass <laughs> but that's you not enjoying their not enjoyment so you have to enjoy that to, am i doing it right am i fixing it oh right? no <laughs> i'm being canceled so the the like serious b-movie cred here though did you recognize the locations of this movie uh, I did not. This was filmed in the very famous Bronson Canyon. Oh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> which they obviously set out specifically to do that. If I can you imagine. don't know Bronson Canyon, it's literally what you Charles do know Bronson, Bronson Canyon. is named after. <laughs> uh, that is not Wait, a joke. Really? He named himself mean? after that because he was like, oh, I want to make it in LA. I'm not going to have, he has a, a very, I believe a very uh, culturally Jewish sounding name. Okay. And he was like, no, I'm going to change it to something. What sounds like Hollywood? Bronson after the Bronson Canyon because every movie is shot there. No way. Okay. Yeah. Wow. A little bit of LA trivia for you. I so, love the idea that having a Jewish sounding last name wouldn't help you in Hollywood in showbiz. Yeah, All right. Yeah. I, whatever you say, Chuck. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. So I didn't know that's where his name was from, but yep, that's where it's from. But like to the point of the marketing of this movie is talking about Bronson Canyon. I'm going to read you the back of the the way that this movie is introduced from the physical media. I've got the DVD in hand. You can hear it there. <laughs> we believe you. It's this, fine. This is the equivalent of Skeletorama. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear the bones rattle. Remember the good old days when anyone with a camera, a few thousand bucks, and more ambition than talent could schlep up Bronson Canyon and make a cheap sci-fi horror movie? Well, they're back. <laughs> it's getting named right there. Oh, my there. God, yeah. So you might remember... Bronson Canyon from such movies as Robot Monster, a classic B-movie. Yes, of course. The Searchers, a very famous movie. What? Okay. A lot of it's shot in Bronson Canyon. Oh, see, the only thing I know it from is shitty 50s B-movies. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, Night of the Blood Beast is a big one. That's a big fave for me. Teenage Caveman, Teenagers from Outer Space, so your two flavors of teens. Yeah. (laughs) We mentioned already. Uh, every single episode of Batman 66 and the Batman movie <laughs> because it's the exit of the Batcave uh, in Adam West's uh, uh, version. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's a All poster right. literally next to Aaron's head of it. That's, That's silly. Wild. <laughs> we did not plan this. Uh, Army of Darkness, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Um, what else we got here? George of the Jungle, uh, Tremors Four, Hail Caesar. 
the 1960s Mission Impossible TV show had a lot of episodes there. Nice. Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, Star Trek, Enterprise, Star Trek, The Next Generation, Star Trek, the original series, Star Trek, Voyager, <laughs> uh, and so on in this fashion. Oh my god. Yeah, so it's like... Okay, so that's what I mean. If you don't know it, you do know it. Yeah, it is... You don't know that you do. It's one of those things that, like, it's a pretty close drive. You can simulate a lot of different environments on it. <laughs> yeah. There's a cave... And that's the thing that everyone knows from things. I feel like I'm specifically picturing like seven different episodes of Star Trek right now. And yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Where he fought the Gorn, for instance. Oh, there that's, you go. Oh, yeah. wait, Bill and Ted? Was Bill and Ted shot there? Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah nice. <laughs> I don't know which one you'd be referring to, but probably all three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's so great. A, yeah. a fine lineage. Yeah, for it sure. Is. Hollywood rich, royalty. Yes, quite. <laughs> that is so funny. I always forget that California is a desert. Yeah. Like, it's that kind of biome. I, I really do forget. I feel like that's... We talked a lot about how, like, westerns are so foundational to Hollywood. Yeah. And I feel like that's honestly <laughs> probably a huge reason why. Yeah. Like, literally, they happened there. That helps. I mean, sure, but, uh, like, yeah. But like you, oh, you know what this landscape is like. Yeah, we can drive our cameras thirty minutes and just shoot a western yep. for free. Great. <laughs> I love that quote that he was like, "Wow, this new digital video is great." Like you know, that's word for word. Like, wow, a portable camera. Yeah. Like we could shoot film. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's what they were doing in the fifties. Was a literal game changer. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. That's how you know that this is an indie darling. It was just shot on somebody's video camera. <laughs> For the love of the game. Yeah. Nice. So uh, that's that's The Lost Skeleton of Cadavera, which went on to uh, such other sequels as The Lost Skeleton Returns Again. And unrelated, but I love it, as Dark and Stormy, which is a good, yes. like, is it Clue? It's yeah, clue real kind of Clue thing? energy, yeah. yeah. Yes, a very good, like, almost exactly the same, like, just not camp. Just Clue, but not camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Replace camp with the aw shucks. Earnestness. Er, earnestness, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Larry. Larold. Do you, like he's doing it for the love of the game. Yep. Being a cool dad. Just like a kind of dorky enjoyment, enjoyer of, of old movies. Yep. You'll love to see it. Which, as someone that also is described with every single one of those words, <laughs> I like this movie. Indeed. <laughs> Turns out that's for you. Yeah, I'm the target audience. <laughs> uh, I was hoping that you would tell me your final thoughts on this bad boy, or if you have any more, like I, we talked about how you came about this movie and you introduced it to me, if you had yeah. any more personal feelings about this thing. Oh, I thing. just, I it occupies a nice little niche in my heart where it is just... It's so fluffy and just funny to watch and it's easy to watch in a way that not many things are because you don't have to sort of, this is way too dramatic a way of putting it, but put up those emotional barriers of like, am I going to get suckered in and then be like, oh, they're making fun of me for like genuinely enjoying this movie. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because actually that's, I guess the risky run with the really broad parodies of like, oh, I can't, if I actually like this genre, I can't watch it because then it will be making fun of me the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. no, I... Like those things. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, so it doesn't it doesn't uh do it in a way where it's like this is a dumb thing to enjoy. It's it very specifically picks out the parts that are like, here's what people enjoy about these yeah. movies and just like, look at us. <laughs> We're idiots. We just have a camera and we drive up the road and we make a movie for the love of doing it. Yeah. Um and I I respect that and like it. Which is not it's not often both. But mm. 
Yes. Yeah, it really, like, if you if you have the chance to be 15 and watch this movie, oh. I recommend it. <laughs> well, most uh, average person gets the chance one time for... I'd say, yeah. About, <laughs> around 300 Statistically, days. Yeah. yeah, once. So, uh, <laughs> recommend um, any 15-year-olds listening to this podcast. Go do something better with your Do your, your arms, parents know where you are? Also, yeah. <laughs> what you're listening to? Do you know where your child is? Enjoying parodies of 50 movies. <laughs> 50 movies. 50s movies. Each more horrible oh than the last. Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> uh, you've got that uh, good William Castle energy in you. That's nice. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I just love a movie that is like really drills down on here's what we actually like about this genre and mm, like yes not you know a celebration it's not that per se but it is just like yeah this is fun check this yeah, shit out like it's a it's a warts and all kind of thing because yeah. beyond a few of the jokes that like take you out of it for a moment or two purposefully it is just one of those movies yeah there's there's very few like haha you can see the boom mic like very few yeah. of those kinds of yeah. jokes it's just funny performers performing funnily and uh that's all i have to say about it <laughs> fuck you oh God, no i'm okay. so sorry <laughs> no i really i really like it it's yeah. a it's a great movie yeah it's great that it exists also you know what i mean yes yeah we're a the lovely, better for it yes it's a good way of keeping that like dumb dumb tradition alive <laughs> respectfully and we're doing the work here to keep it alive mm -hmm. yes we're the next generation nicholas <gasps> star trek <laughs> Anyway. Off to Brunson Canyon. <laughs> it will be a 48-hour drive. Uh, what do you got? Oh, well, anyway. <laughs> uh, this is the type of movie I love it so much because it just is, it's so precise. You don't see this level of precision often, I feel like, which is Surgical. very funny to say when you're actually watching this movie and... You've got the six-minute scenes that should be 30-second scenes. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. I will say, you don't have, like, it's not as torturously bad quality, literally, like, physically yeah. bad quality to watch as most of those movies generally were. True. Like, at yes. night scenes, you can see where people are, which yes. is, let me tell you, a rare thing. <laughs> yeah. Because, like... If it was doing that type of thing, it would then just be a shitty B movie. But it's yeah. just like it's doing like, do the thing of like. Do you know you're being a bad movie? Like I can't tell. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You can't. You have to have a certain level of. No, we know what we're doing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry, it's safe. Yeah, that's literally that's that's it. That's my final thought. Great. Yep. I love that. Just lets you know that it's coming from a place of loving it and not. Let's uh, kick this thing. Kick it in the teeth. Yeah. Honestly, it's uh, very much the ethos of this podcast, right? It's just like, hey, who cares? It's fine. Let's just hang out and have some good times watching. There are, there are many types of enjoying movies. Yeah. Yes. That was very earnest of you to say. Thank you. Thank you so much. It will be the last. Very good. Back to <laughs> irony. Uh, it is time to double bill this bad skeleton with another movie. Which may include a skeleton. <laughs> Technically, all movies include skeletons if they have people in them. You're right. Think about it. So now name one of those movies. <laughs> I will. Here we go. Oh, no. No, there are people in it. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> really backed myself into a corner on that one. It's fine. <laughs> the movie I'm going to talk about is can be kind of read as a parody or like a satire of a certain style of movie, mm. for sure. They're both coming from, like, the original material can be that kind of, um, like, oblivious 
like self-seriousness and mm. takes itself very seriously. But the movies, these two, um, they do this mock with love thing, right? They they take what we like about the movies mm-hmm. and and they're both surprisingly really good at taking something out of the context of those the movies that they're parodying and being like, no, but like in real life how would this play out? And like, if it's an awkward dinner party with aliens, they would just be like, I do not like to talk about a story. (laughs) Like just not understanding English idioms would be the base level of communication. And, and this movie also does that really well. Of like, no, but like seriously. And it, I've said this on the podcast before, it ups my enjoyment because you do have a certain amount of like, you don't have to suspend your disbelief as much Mm. for those kinds of things. Okay. Obviously, you know, the suspension of disbelief is not high in Lost Skeleton of Cadavera, but it it does veer into that little, like, but what the, would this really be like? That funny <laughs> little arena. And, yeah, I think they... I don't know a ton about Larry Blamire. This was new to me, your information, but mm-hmm. it feels like they're both made by people who are, like, who really do respect and are interested in, like, the movie making behind those styles that they're parodying. Okay. I don't know front load these You're i could really just say my movie yeah. and then <laughs> it's fine um i'm gonna pair this with uh shin godzilla from 2016 Ooh. by Hide- oh, i can never pronounce his name anno yes hideaki anno right hideaki yeah that guy <laughs> i just know know mizano from like reading all this evangelion right, yeah. stuff anyway Ooh. so yeah shin godzilla about uh a, a godzilla <laughs> But it mutates and it's like the it's about Japan's response to what would happen if a Godzilla actually happened and Mm -hmm. just like having calm bureaucratic meetings while people are burning to death in the streets. Mm -hmm. And like it's a rough one to watch uh, after COVID happened for sure. (laughs) Maybe, you know, (laughs) a certain level of detachment needed there. But um, yeah, they're they're just really good at. Some of it is funny, and some mm-hmm. of it honestly is just like, hell yes, this is amazing to see. Um, ju- just that level of like, there's no, I feel like there's no irony in either movie. They weirdly have that same vibe of like, yeah. just watch this play out. Just don't, you don't have to be removed from it. You don't have to be, you know, mm. it's just people enjoying a what if scenario. Like truly, like what if, you know, those B-movie situations were real and do you know what I mean? Like this this yes, is so yes. silly to see in real life. Let's just have fun with it, you know? Um, yeah, so they're both, and they're both like parodies of that certain, light touch parodies, mm-hmm. let's say. It's a, they've, they've got the same vibe to me. Sweet. So if you want to go with like a serious parody question mark, you can you can watch Shin Godzilla, and if you want to watch a so very well. fluffy, yeah, silly, <laughs> lighthearted parody, <laughs> Lost Skeleton of Cadavera. Sweet. And they both have great monster design. <laughs> Absolutely spectacular, both of them. Same level of quality. No follow up questions. That's okay, well, you said no follow up questions, so. <laughs> and I meant it. Over to you. <laughs> Thanks so much. Well, I kind of am going with the same idea of I wanted to just pick another genre and be like, what's the equivalent parody in this genre? Sure. It's kind of what I went in with. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna do a U and build it up a little bit first. Ooh, nice. Uh, it's very satisfying. <laughs> so, yeah, pair this with specifically coming at a, another parody that would be like, this is a lovingly done parody that's about, like, exploring what the idea of these movies are. Sure. Um, 
Yeah, but very. I also wanted to find something that's really niche-y, uh, because I do feel like this is not the most accessible movie. Okay. I talked about early on. We disagree on this, and we'll never... Uh, oh, Lost Skeleton, yeah. you mean. I, I, I understand your reservations completely. Yeah. Yes. This is something we will fight about for all time. <laughs> oh, good. Um, uh, this is how you tell me. Likewise, this movie, I think, is one that, like, if you watch on its own merits, you're like, I guess. But if you know the inner workings of what's going on, you're like, <laughs> Resounding endorsement. Uh, so I'm uh, going to pair this with the, what I think is the spaghetti western equivalent of Lost Skeleton of Cadavra, which is My Name is Nobody from 1973. <laughs> okay. Remind me which one this is. Yes. Uh, this is... Uh, is Franco Ca- Nero? No, this is Terrence Hill and Henry Fonda. Oh, yeah. All right. So Fonda is Jack Beauregard, an aging gunman of the Old West who wants to retire and move to Europe, but a young gunfighter named Nobody who idolizes him and wants the old gunman to go out in a blaze of glory, so he arranges for Jack to face a 150-member gang named the Wild Bunch to go down in history and legend. (laughs) Like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, the main character's name is Nobody. (laughs) And the Wink. classic way that these the, this relationship works in Spaghetti Westerns is you have the, like, reluctant old gun who trains the young guy. And it's very much, like, that's kind of what's going on, but it's kind of the reverse this time around. And it's very goofy. Um, <laughs> the music is constantly making fun of the movie. Yes, um, that I remember. But, like, it's, so it's much more serious than Lost Skeleton. So it's not, like, a, just a spaghetti Western comedy, but it's loaded with all sorts of weird meta-weirdness. Like, all the names of places are all yeah. meta things. They're the equivalent of, like, Corpse Cavern or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, um, the Wild Bunch are coming to get yeah, you, like, Like, what? Henry Fonda was famous for playing a young gunfighter and then an old gunfighter. Right. Like, this. <laughs> I always forget that part. Yeah. It's very good, yeah. Sergio Leone came up with the story idea so this is like straight from the source of a spaghetti western mm-hmm. um and morricone is doing the music so he gets the chance to parody himself and he does it with uh aplomb <laughs> did they tell him it was a parody uh, he, they must have it is tell. so funny <laughs> that's so great because they both have this like literally straight from this is what those actual source materials used yeah. that that sounds great Marvelous. And, like, Morricone is famous for using a lot of found instruments and, like... Stuff you wouldn't expect. In yeah. A, yeah. And it's full of that kind of thing. And to the, like, there's a synthesizer synthesizer playing Flight of the Valkyries, like, but out of tune at <laughs> oh a certain point. Oh, my God, that's right. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I don't think my brain was in a place to process this movie as I was watching it. And I'm, you're, like, Manchurian <laughs> candidating me right now. It's all coming back. Holy hell. So for both of these, I feel like you can feel the love of the genre coming off of them. Um, That's not in a mean way, just in a funny way. They're just taking all the parts of the genre and playing with them. Yeah, (laughs) smashing their action figures together. Uh, Oh my god. But yeah, I do feel like if you have that context and enjoy them, or like, even if this is the first time you're watching and be like, what the hell was that? Then they can be great ways to be like, oh, and that's, you go watch another Spaghetti Western, you're like, oh, that's why his name was Nobody, because <laughs> the unnamed protagonist <laughs> thing is kind of a thing that they do. <laughs> Turns out. Turns out a thing they do. Yeah. Oh my God. So Wonderful. And I mean, like, Terrence Hill is a, like an Italian comedian, yes? Yeah. The guy, I can't remember his partner's name, but like a Bud famous. Spencer. Right. Like the Abbott and Costello of Spain. Yeah. Yeah. 
and of Italy? westerns too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know actually. It's one of I those forget. too. Yeah. Sorry. So many co-productions, Spain. it's hard to keep yes. track. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of like you could just film a movie in the exact <laughs> same yes. location. There's like I'm not even joking. There's one desert, just one like clearing that I'm going to say 80% of like spaghetti westerns were filmed in. Yes. It's it's a hilarious Spain, right? how yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you could just you could get halfway to making the same kind of movie simply by shooting there. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> nice choice. Thank you. Yes, these are plucked from relative obscurity, but I think I, I like them. <laughs> if we're going to rank our choices this week, I'm, I'm picking yours. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah. I abstain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to take the high road. Okay, yep. I see how it is. <laughs> but what do you, the viewer, think? We're turning Listener. to look at you all yeah. right now. You can't tell. Uh, let us know on uh, Twitter, Instagram at Garbage Film Pod. No, I did it wrong. At Garbage Pod on both of those. Yes, Garbage. Oh, that was a close one. <laughs> Whew. Uh, we love to hear about your favorites of yes, a genre. Aaron, where can people find you? Oh, if they want, they can find me on Twitter as well at Macklebase. M a c l e b a s s. And they can find me at Dick R Navis. D i c k r Navis. Uh, please find us on that podcast platform of your choice and do that old review thing and give us all of those stars. That thing you do. We would like that. <laughs> anyway, join us next time for another pile of cartridge. You two shall pay dearly for ruining my special day. I sleep now.